Good day, good evening, good night, and welcome to another exciting episode of Real Tennis Podcast. That's what we're doing, right, Janina? We're doing tennis today. We are doing I, I tennis. <laughs> but go okay, ahead and I'm do a quick here. introduction, and then we're going to plug our side hustle. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know what day it is. I definitely will not know what podcast number it is, but it is somewhere in the 170, somewhere yes. along that line. But before I go any further, I am nothing without my co-host. We have Andrine from Sully Tennis Travels, but I just think it's just Andrine now because she ain't going nowhere. She is. She barely gets to the supermarket. It's just Andrine for now on during this era of Corona. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I refuse to accept that. I'm going down. I'm not going down without a fight. I'm like the U.S. Open. I'm still gonna call myself Soli Tennis Travel. Okay, you can go across your neighbors. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we have Janina from Farn, Ohio, which might be the only place that your passport might be able to. You can use your passport in Ohio. It's gonna be so. it. That's gonna be it. Come on and visit, kids. <laughs> it's a warm, breezy 61 degrees. What's your governor like? Is he opening it back up to your state? Because if he is, we ain't coming, okay? I don't want to talk about it. He's been doing great up until about a week ago, so let's just move on. <laughs> okay. And this is your friendly gay commentator, Reels. So Janina says she want to pedal outside, huh? So Janina, go right ahead. So, while Andreen was locked up in Azkaban earlier this week, Reels and I had a little moonlighting gig with Deb at Shackles 52, and we started a new little project. And we are having an amazing time breaking down the Harry Potter series. And we just, you know, don't want you to be confused thinking that you're getting two podcasts in one week because you're really not. You got a Harry Potter podcast and then you get the three of us back together again. We've let Andrine out on furlough from the prison. The men, you know, she was, I think really she was kind of like too scary for the Dementors and they couldn't handle her. <laughs> but we're going to try to send her back so that we can record some more episodes. So please check that out. You won't find it just yet on YouTube. We're working on that, but you'll find it um, anywhere else you can find podcasts. iTunes, Podbean, um, Pocket Cast, all them wonderful places. Check us out. Tell us what you think and be ready for some more Reels magic coming up very soon. And a side note, I think we might not be able to get it onto YouTube. Apparently YouTube, because of this crisis, it doesn't have a lot of humans around. So that means they they wouldn't allow me to upload the MP4. Any technical wizards out there, I'm happy to get some advice. But in the interim, I think I might put it up on our website and we can definitely go through. I don't know if I might create a new WordPress. I'll just use one of the WordPress that I do have, where you can freely comment. I know um, 240 characters it is on Twitter might not be enough. And I know the commenting section on Podbean inside of it's sort of wonky. It only allows you to do it on your phone, not on like a desktop or a a computer. So um, I don't think it might work on a tablet. So that way we can get commentation going on because I know people like to comment and it's a book. So we, we all have something thoroughly enjoyable to say, which is beyond the means of 240 characters. So let's go. And I'm prepared for the hateration and uh, 
adoration. We are all here for it. And it's a really good podcast. We haven't even finished the first book, and we talked about an hour and a half. So I'm just saying. We thought it was going to be a nine-episode um, nine podcast, but I ain't looking like that at all. By the ninth episode, we might just get to book three, but who knows? <laughs> how, um, how many seven books, books. Are there been? Seven. <laughs> there are uh, seven. There are seven. There are seven. Yes. What you know what? What else do we have to do? That is true. That it's is true. true. We got nothing. I mean so, you spend your time not talking about Harry Potter, but that'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, please come you back know? to mentors. Somebody needs a kiss. <laughs> Uh-huh. Anyways, there are some uh But you notice we give no shade. We don't give any shade when she's on that other podcast, Moonlighting as Trisha. But here she is trying to throw shade. With I'm her, not even I, Judy. I don't even understand. I I am I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I do not understand the Harry Potter world. And I'm very excited that you all had a chance to enjoy Deb though, because Deb is fabulous and she will take you down yes, a dark she hole. Is. Thank sure. you. <laughs> Thank, thank you for we are loving it. Deb, so. Loving it, loving it. I'm, yes. I'm so excited. So, so your intention. So, have, so everyone, check out the podcast. I've we, we all retweeted it this morning. It is um, a fantastic journey through Harry Potter's world. Hopefully, they'll get through it by the end of the summer. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Maybe no tennis distractors. <laughs> Yeah, out like the last I mean, no. one episode every two episodes every every Sunday. But you know what's funny? Something tells me that Janine is gonna get really upset and she's gonna be the taskmaster to be like, We gotta record today, we gotta record today. I don't care if I have to work, we gotta record an episode. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I don't know why I'm this is happening anything. right now. We'll see. We'll, I'm not we'll saying see. anything. I'm just trying to well, I, I appreciate your external um, activities. Um, so keep it up, and everyone check it out. I'm sure it, you're you're gonna go through a tons of stuff. Seven books. There's a whole bunch that's gonna happen. Maybe at the end you'll have the author come on and have her tell you controversial things. Well, <laughs> Andrew, cut the shit right now. She's already been doing that for free. I don't think. Oh uh, no! I don't. Uh, platform. You don't need another platform at all. <laughs> whether it's whether it's three quarters of a platform or half, you don't need another platform. Well, <laughs> well. So that has been Harry Potter Land, but we are now returning to Tennislandia. Mm. So let me just put this out there. I know I keep saying this, but mm-hmm. I really think for the safety of our faves and just for the just for that to exist, tennis to exist in some capacity. Every week, we need to put on a podcast, even if it's just to say, hey, hello, this is the podcast. The only re- we're only making a comment. A po- we're only putting out a podcast so that we can save tennis from itself. Because the <laughs> minute we are absent. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I do you mean, know what? The, it just tells you, though. It just tells you that they need to be on. They need to either be playing tennis or silent somewhere. All they need us to be on top of them, on top of them, right? Like, how are we going to do dub, um, doping information release? We offer those services. How about we offer tennis as a whole? Just like, we're here to save you from yourself, okay? Help us help you, okay? Because <laughs> many you people are left on your own devices. It always starts out very slow. The mess just starts out a little bit of saying, mm, be kind of messy. And by the end of the week, it's just a shit hell. 
it just sliding straight down. I mean, like, we thought, you know, Ben Weinstein hanging out was, you know, the highlight of this, um, what they call it, an interim, a break, whatever they call it, a sabbatical, whatever. But no, no one is studying, apparently. But that turned into this whole thing because I keep asking, why isn't Stan with his child? I'm well, I mean, saying. you have no idea how people got trapped wherever they are. So it is what it is, right? And and would and would his child be on camera for you to see? So, right. You know, we don't know. Mm, I'm not judging. I, I, You've never seen Stan put his child out there. Yeah, that's not that's not this thing. I've never seen Stan with his child, but that's what just me. <laughs> <laughs> Shady motherfucker. Since you're making judgment calls, so I mean. As to Reels' point, not much tennis is happening, but there's lots of chatter from tennis players, tennis bodies. Our last episode, our fabulous Easter episode, we talked about the new ATP chair. Um, But now um, other people have decided that they need to weigh in on all manner of issues in the tennis tour. So the latest, um, so let's say, let's take a list. Let's go down the list. So the latest rumor, I don't know if you all caught this rumor, Mm-hmm. was that the U.S. Open continues to hold on to its time slot. And I've heard a rumor that they are thinking of the U.S. Open at Indian Well site, which I know that that has, been, that has been bandied about quite a few times, the idea that Larry, the owner of, the, um, of Indian Wells, this tournament, wants to become a fifth slam. So this could be his opportunity to try it out, No. <laughs> So I think, you know, that he's going to try to play nice and say, let me come in and save the world. Um, And you know what? He might even be able to do it for one year. However, I find it highly unlikely. I find it highly unlikely that there will be any tennis for the rest of the year, period. Um, I think it's going to – this is why. Even if sports in the United States resume – and we have a fall football season. Okay, so let's say football happens. The majority of the NFL are uh, people who live in America. And it's easier to track where they've been. It's probably easier to keep them together if somehow we find some kind of test um, to let us know, you know, that's widely available to let us know who's sick, who's healthy, blah, blah, blah. Tennis is a global sport, and all of this disease is like hopping all over the globe. Right now, we have restrictions on travel all over the world, not just here in the United States. Countries everywhere are like, you can't come in, you can't go out, you can't do this, you can't do that. I just, I don't see that problem being solved by the end of the year. I just, I don't. I mean, it will be a miracle, a miracle, and... I mean, especially when you have players like Novak's Vaxxer, you know, with his crazy thoughts out there. But I I don't know. So I I think it's wild to say that, oh, we're going to move the U.S. Open to California. Um, If that were to happen, Larry, don't get your panties too much in a bunch because it'll only be for a year. That will never happen. You know, that won't be regular. It just won't. Um, And. B, it's it's probably not happening at all. I mean, it, it just it's not. It's it's almost May, um, and we still see this disease on the rise in places. Not 
coming down everywhere. So it's going to make travel very, very, very difficult for tennis. I don't think we're going to see a regular tennis tour or a tour at all for the rest of 2020. And it's April, well, and I'm willing to say that. Uh, how do you feel about that, Reels? Because I want to come, I want to come back with something as an option as well. Well, hmm. well, you know how I felt about this from the jump, right? I was just like, these people are kidding themselves about this idea about tennis going on and off of the year. I would say that though Larry, Larry seems to be in some dreamland and he seems to have the air of the um, orange orangutan in the White House, so he feels that he can get a lot of push and sway. But I often wonder about mainly the logistics of whether this is legal, whether you can move the U.S. Open just like that temporarily, whether like the insurance, liabilities, et cetera, that's tied up and wrapped up with the, the event itself. Um, I highly doubt that the first thing we're going to do in a post, well, not even post-COVID-19, while we're still doing an ongoing COVID-19 situation, it's going to be a large, massive tournament. And even like a 250, we're going to try to put on like one of the biggest events. You know, the logistics of it being in California, where it's already three hours behind, I don't know how much of a European market you're going to get into that. Um, so there is all that logistics to play out. Added to the fact that Janina mentioned, you know, moving players, etc., people and people converging in this space. Now, I think in Georgia, I, I think they have like movies here that can open at a 25% capacity. I assume that's something that they're going to try where one person sits here and then you can't sit over there, etc., etc. But I mean, you don't have separate entrance and exits for people. And every attempt I see at social distancing in the public space, in public, like, like supermarkets, etc., you always end up with a bottleneck type situation. So again, you, if you're not able to, how are you going to screen people potentially coming in? Um, tennis has to also rework a whole bunch of rules and regulation that they have. Like people cannot touch because if they're offering protection for the players, the same level of protection they're offering for the players, they have to sort of offer it for anyone who comes anywhere close to players. Because it just takes one person to upset that whole, as the old saying says, one apple spoils the whole barrow, I think, something along that line. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think, again, I, I think tennis is being, and sports in general, is being, professional sports is being pig-headed and being capitalistic. And corona is anything but capitalistic. You have to, again, you can't fix this problem in one place and in one part of the economy and leave the rest of it because I don't know no man is an island basically so they really need to be pumping these resources and all of this money and, and time and energy into coming up with far greater global solutions than sitting on here if we like we want to put on a, a silly tennis tournament because I think again I think we mentioned this on the last podcast the, the just the optics of this I know they think you know sports is a rallying cry etc but again it's not going to look cute and sexy when these stands have to be empty because it's not just everyone's safety is being compromised in that arena. I mean, we can't even visit our grandparents, our parents, our friends, much as to think we're going to go get on a, a, a go up to an arena and go watch somebody hit a little tiny yellow ball just for shits and giggles to ease the mood. And then it's seven o'clock, right? And then we start clapping for PPE for um, it's. Night session. <laughs> 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 I 
What do we do? We are Serena Williams versus Bethany Maddox says, and we'll hold up while we clap for, you know, medical workers trying to save people's lives. Oh, and guess what? In the stand from heat, exhaustion, and whatever. Oh, my God. This might be a coronavirus case. Patty done. Over. Shit show. It's it, it, it just, I just it's cannot heavy. imagine how it's going to happen. Well, I mean, we don't have to imagine it because as you all remember, as you might remember, um, Patrick Mortaglu, the coach of Serena Williams, announced that he was starting the Ultimate Tennis Showdown or UTS. Mm-hmm. And that was actually, that's actually slated to start. It actually has a date, which is kind of crazy. It's slated to start on May 16th. And this is meant to be, um, it's to be a, a sort of independent league. Uh, and it, um, the plan is for it to be broadcast via live stream, 10 matches per weekend, five weekends between May and June. And it's supposed to officially kick off May 16th with a match between David Goffin of Belgium and Alexi Poprin of Australia, which apparently... Who the hell is that? Well, according to... Well, the interesting thing is the reason... I was like, why Alexis? Alexi, but the reason why is Alexi is part of the... Is a co-founder of the league with Boratoglu. So mm. it's, this is not just a, a, a supposed rumor. This is a thing that I think Patrick announced on social media. And it will be to empty stands. The idea is actually what you're doing is creating an experience entirely for the whole, the home audience, not a, not a one that is present. Now, I actually think this is a little bit more viable because it's not a full slate of characters. Um, it's a weekend. And it's like 10 matches. So it's less people. They don't all have to be there at the same time. You could stagger there when they come. And basically, it's like putting on a concert, but you're putting it on for an external, for a home audience, not one that's physically there. So you're basically just playing for a home crowd. What do you think? Well, I think if, if, if these players want to shag their own balls and hold their own towels and, you know, take that risk upon themselves at the Patrick Martoglu Academy, then go for it. But I think the moment that you want people to do things for you, like the spoiled tennis players are used to, um, something bad will happen. We may not even see it right away, but we know more and more about this nasty disease every single day. And we know that there are a lot of asymptomatic carriers. And what I'm about to say has no scientific base because I don't know and I don't think anybody knows. But I do have to wonder if the people who are carrying this that are asymptomatic, um, I wonder if the, that is the healthier piece of the population because we do know that people with pre-existing conditions who are not as healthy um are attacked, you know, at a higher rate and at a more aggressive style. So I just, I have to wonder if, if an elite athlete who would have a more, um, you know, solid immune system than the average Joe, if they're less susceptible to get sick, doesn't mean they're not carrying it. And that is the real danger, is people walking around carrying this disease, transmitting it from person to person, and not even knowing that they have it. And that's something that I don't think is being 
considered enough when it comes to um, opening up sporting events or any type of gathering. But, I mean, look, I mean, for one, I think Patrick has a vision board. Okay, that's a vision board. Because does he talk about clearance from the French government? Because well, I know the French government are very... No, no, no. Right? Yeah, but he could it could be independent in his mind, but it has to have clearance from the French government. Yeah, and I think there's been I some pushback, isn't there? His, well, does, his, does, his, does his own academy, his academy had to transport... The, the, he was planning on the children and people, the, the participants, to sort of wait out the, um, the the disease there when they imagined it was like a two weeks out of a four weeks situation. Then the French government, the, the, the French government sent specifically that these academies and schools and whatever the case may have to close, that they have to move these people out. I mean, one of the things I think we can think about in something something he's trying to put on or maintain there, which I think Rafa's academy is doing, it's akin to how we're going to try to put colleges back up. And I think what Patrick is talking about or wants to do is he's trying to create a sort of an infrastructure that is not even available nearly any part of the sector. Healthcare why? workers why? can't why? get... No, why? no, no. no. Well, because... He has to have massive testing and repeated testing happening on a daily basis. On a well, daily. Why? This is the, this is what I'm. I, what I don't understand is this, these are weird assumptions. People are going into healthcare facilities without a ton of testing, um, because that's just what they have to do. So this is a this is a tournament with at most twenty people because there are ten mm -hmm. matches for the weekend. Now I don't even know. I don't know if it's ten. I don't know if it's ten brand new matches or pairs flipped around. So the assumption is, and and the question is, will those people be the same people every other weekend? So the idea that you need massive testing, I don't think that that necessarily is the case for something that you're talking about. Because in some ways, right, when you used to do this, you could do this as a junior. You control your own towels. You pick up your own balls. You even change your own scores. You flip the thing. So. The question of like how many people get tested, um, how quickly can the you get your test results, and how can you execute this, right? Right. Like so, so it's you're like, saying that yeah. this should this should just all this should all be like there is the inherent risk, etc. Go go forth and be married. Well, I mean, it's and not it's not so much about inherent risk. I mean, I think one of the things that we have to ask ourselves is like we are talking about different parts of the economy working and not working, and I don't really care about those kinds of things. But there are people who are moving in and out of the world doing what they need to do. The economy hasn't completely shut down for people, right? So this mm -hmm. is someone who's offered something up for tennis, mm -hmm. and obviously we know that it's not um it's not all going to be a viable model. But the question is is this is a more limited model than anything else that's been suggested. It's not, it does not involve a crowd. It doesn't involve an international core of players. It doesn't involve a ton of players. Um, and there are no ball kids, I would assume. There's no TV crew. So it's actually, I mean, that's the, that's the question of how are you live streaming it? Where's the camera set up? You know that that's not a ton of labor. So I'm just trying to think through like what what's the sense of a massive testing and and is this something that's going to be free and has he figured out a way to um, generate some revenue so that that revenue can pay for and offset the cost of putting something like that on? We've already seen some reports out of France that certain people were able to get tested because they had the resources to get the tests. So 
but this is this is the thing that I'm talking about is I mean this is something logistically I mean not logistically I mean technically he can pull this on right people can yeah that's what I'm asking like I think it can, I think it's but I mean doable right right but my thing about is whether how sustainable and the potential are it. Like, are you going to get insurance for this situation here? Are people going to be operating in a sort of a sphere where the normal course of doing business as a tennis tournament would conduct, even an exhibition as this is like be, are those infrastructure going to be there in place? Like because, what? Like lines people? Like, no, no, like like insurance. Um, if they get injured on this job, if they get ill, from this what if there's a potential outbreak of this situation there because again we don't know nearly next enough and then i mean traveling traveling to and from this whether it particularly if it's like 10 players that have changed every week or etc the traveling back and forth and them coming in contact with areas where someone else who potentially has been and again are the players going to do all of the labor themselves Right, because if it's the player going to do all the cleaning and whatever the case may be, that is fine because then you remove external forces. Well, I don't, from I don't even think that's fine. But but for me, I, I just really think. I mean, if people wanted to do this, I certainly wouldn't pay for it. I just think this is a really <clears throat> bad idea because on a whole, you're trying, you know. But hey, I mean, that's just me being anti-capitalist right here. I mean, I think tennis should be I mean, taking some could, of the You could resources. be anti-capitalist. The thing about I, it that's so strange is like you're saying you're being anti-capitalist at the same time as we have different parts of our country opening and doing different things that no one else thinks is reasonable. But it's going to happen and we're doing it. So well, it's not as if that, you know, it's not as if this is not. People are going to try to figure out how to move forward without a vaccine. That is a given. Yeah. That doesn't make right. it smart. There, there is no doubt that I said because this is the thing about it. You have this potential because my objection to many of these things that are in place, and let me be clear, objecting to Patrick on you know on the spirit because it's Patrick. And I just want to make clear that sometimes I think people are talking about small numbers. COVID nineteen is not the Holy Ghost. Okay, it doesn't need two or more people like there's a magic number that has to be there that therefore it would spread like less than 20 it won't spread right you just need this it doesn't even need to be someone bringing this thing it, it, I, I think if we have made that mistake but do you, but do you, understand, do you understand what's so strange about that though we have but, parts of our economy that are functioning telling people that you can have a funeral with less than 10 people you could do you can open a salon as long as you have these 80, these 38 things. And let me be clear, those <laughs> things are problematic because we we literally have documented evidence where a funeral has been the place. Well, a funeral when nobody virus. knew about it. A funeral when nobody knew what was and going on, right? Because, but because, and again, I mean, this is the thing I'm saying. Like, you can this might go smoothly for a few minutes because this is the thing because they're operating in a space where there is no real safety net, right? the safety net that we are thinking that we have and how we operate. Because, I mean, like, the real measure of dealing with this virus is everybody's saying, oh, we test everyone and, you know, we figure out who have it, figure out where it is, being able to see, track it, whatever the case may be. Those things are not possible now. Many feel 
people making financial reason that they don't want to spend the money, etc. If Patrick wants to do this, he's perfectly fine. I am just simply saying that there is a huge potential of a risk. There's a huge risk involving this that can lead people to get hurt. Have we talked about Janina? You mentioned that you think you seem you're saying that you think athletes have high immune system. I think they kind of have had their and teeter talent on a very fine line because they're training so hard. You know that they have to close to being overtrained at some point and they're susceptible to like any minor bug and whatever the case may be. And this thing we just found out. They just say I don't know if this is true. Are uh, the, the real evidence to this that this thing just isn't the this isn't just causing um, double pneumonia. It's potential for strokes in young people, blood clots. So there's a lot of host of issues that can happen to young athletes running around in the peak of their career. And I get it. We're all still crazy. We want to be out there doing everything and whatever the case may be. But this, again, goes back to my issue, the fundamental issue, that we haven't, we're not putting our resources together to figure out a solution that can solve, that can help for everyone. We're just thinking, fix it for me and me alone. And I get it. We want the economy to be running and whatever the case may be. Apparently, Corona doesn't seem to be abiding by those rules because everything that we've tried to set up to sort of say we're going to control this, or trying to go, trying to frame these things with the economy in mind, Corona has broken down every single one of those barriers. So, good luck, Patrick. That's just, I mean, I get I it. Think, I think it's irresponsible. I think it's highly irresponsible because there are people, listen, there are people who are sick who clearly have this disease. They have every symptom of it and they can't get a test. So if you want to pool your resources in order to let some people play a game and you are willing to put money there so that maybe they can be tested regularly to try to keep them safe, I say shame on you. That's what I say because... It's, it's not a good look, um, and it's selfish. It's very, very selfish. And there's too much, there's, there's too much of an unknown. Uh, we're seeing reports more and more every single day that there's no crowd immunity. Um, just because you get it once doesn't mean you're not going to get it again, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be you know, easier the second time around. That's a problem. I mean, there's just so many factors our focus should not be on uh, sports. I, you know, I mean, I miss it. I miss it greatly. Um, but sometimes you have to think about the bigger picture and, you know, and, and what's, what's the best thing for the greater good? And your greater good should be bigger than a, a league of athletes. Well, I mean, they can also serve as guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing I mean that is a cute I mean hey why not right but here's I mean, the problem with that it, but I mean the question because, is like what did that person sign you've been asking that question what did um, right. what did the two players who led with their names uh, what did they sign on a dotted line saying they'd be yeah, willing yeah, to do what are the liabilities like if, like, let, let's say David Gofongo I mean like I mean David you know your luck right boo and let's say you show up at this, like, you know, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in Paris, uh, in France, whatever, Maritaglu, you know, camp, whatever. You got, as my mother would say, you got a crop of COVID-19 and you show up at the hospital. My ass ain't checking for you. I mean, I'm not checking for you. 
like how we, head. he's famous because, because, you recognize yeah. that that's already playing out famous people I mean, are getting better deals than we are but mm-hmm. that is true but but you know what's crazy about this you know what i just found out i mean someone in england pretty great britain can correct me on this but i was listening to sky news and they would be parliamentary they have they literally have they don't have um what's this bullshit shit we have here star circus we got here and five o'clock here but they have like the parliamentary representative go on TV and they got telenet, Sky Zoom, whatever call. And other parliamentary ask questions, et cetera. Yeah. And what became clear was that there was no community testing in Great Britain. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, so basically they tested people within the healthcare structure. Right? Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the week, they were plan the middle of the month, they were planning on having a hundred thousand tests per day. That was their goal of having a hundred thousand tests per day and basically they're trying to test the medical workers because i mean uh, not That's everyone group that should be tested tested right and then not even everyone qualifies to get tested right and we know earlier on in the process people who were positive but felt okay was made to go back into work yeah. and, not, and ppe is still a scarcity in this country but you know what let's go on and play some tennis so great britain plan was for a hundred thousand tests per day it's the middle of the month they can't even get to 18,000 tests per day. <laughs> so there are serious shortfalls in the very system that we have in place. When we're talking about breaking the curve and all of this, we're not testing people. So I don't know these numbers that you have in here. Artificial numbers. It's like me saying, oh, I only have five children because it's the five children that live in my house. Next thing you find out that I've had like... <laughs> this is what i'm saying though i really think of these things as like case studies in which i think that these people have access to tests because i think the i think the industry will provide it like i don't think there's as much incentive i mean i hate to say it out loud but there's not enough incentive to provide the tests for um the general population because who knows what the outcome and givens are there but if you could set up a, a situation where you say i need i'm gonna have 50 people in a space we've gotten sponsors who are going to put their ads running around the corner of this streaming you know what i mean like it, it's so weird but i actually really think in such a structured and it's such a structured space you'd get the test i really think well, you would because the outcome is clear for everyone this is about us making sure that this tennis thing runs I don't really know about whether I want to provide it for the rest of the community, but if it's about 50 people over the course of a couple weekends, um, and this is the situation and the setup, um, here we go. Uh, I'm I'm well, going to come in as a sponsored hotel so they can stay. Well, here, hotel. Well, okay, so here, <laughs> here, here is the headline I mean, now. You laugh, but it's here, just like right. Here is the headline now. Nurse Jackie wasn't tested because David Goffin got t- got the test because he wanted to go see, he wanted to play some little tennis. Because the immediate you, read of that you, situation... You think, you think people care about that when they were going to get a couple hours of no, tennis watching it? Yeah, but you know what? They would care about it when the nan die, when grandpa <laughs> no, and grandpa... Yeah, she does nothing well. Because... <laughs> You know what? You're, because have this, because we are, because we are assuming that death. you continue to no. be astonished by death. Death does not phase these people. They've already started counting how many students they're willing to die as but they contemplate numbers. Wonderful. Over to schools. 
they can they can do these things in theoretical models, right? And they're happy to do this. This is how capitalism always operates. However, debt is real and it's real for someone else. And and the problem here is the situation is that this isn't just a random, oh, you know, I met Susie down the street. Um forgive me, we actually know a real Susie. I met a I don't know, uh a A down the street and a um grandmother died. You know what I mean? This is like we're gonna go down the street and everybody has been touched. You know by what's so death. funny? But real, guess what? Guess what? The people are content to leave their house and give the healthcare workers a clap, even though they don't have enough PPE. Don't even get, don't even you, get me sad at that. I, you know mean, I, I just, I you know, it's just, it's, you know, sometimes it's really tricky. I mean, it sounds like I'm playing devil's advocate, but I'm not. I think one of the things I realize is that we have a tremendous capacity to, to put things in these boxes and mm-hmm. really not look at them, you know, because it's like you are talking. We're, we understand that this is a deadly disease, and people have decided that the best strategy available is to go outside of our apartments and clap. I mean, like literally, that is a thing that people feel very comfortable doing, and not demand these folks get PPEs. I mean, well, people are just that's why that, that is why he wants to pull it out. This is why he's. This is why Larry Ellison, who is on the president board of bullshit speakers, well, I mean, that's let, why he wants to move say, it out of Queens. Just, wait, let's just because, be careful though. That's just a rumor. I'm not, it's, it was a rumor. It was start, it was it was posted in a Spanish magazine. I'm curious. It was something that I thought. Well, let's just start off with the very idea of it, but let's not presume that those are the those are accepted or given things. Like you're gonna use an, a, a real exa- use a real example, but yeah, allegedly. Okay, let's just allegedly on his board. But I'm going to say there is a specific reason why he wants to move it out of the EU, out of New York, Flushing Meadows, why? because the epicenter of the epicenter of in in the United States is in Queens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And imagine come seven o'clock for the night matches, he can't even <laughs> we can't even sing the Spaff Bangle Banner because the whole of Queens is clapping. Well, whatever <laughs> remains there is clapping. And guess what? Like everybody who used to work at that tournament. If they're alive, usually got, comes got from relatives. Yeah. Got relatives there, and whatever the case may be. Yeah. Listen to me. I on listen. I Andrina, I understand what you're talking about. We're talking about a system that literally put bodies on a ship and crossed the ocean to force them into slavery. Exactly. We're talking well, surviving about surviving this- genocide. And whatever the case may be, I understand so all of that. So sacrificing Debbie Goffin is the least of their concerns. I I completely <laughs> get that. What I don't know is if, if if this is going to be able to operate anyway, because the thing about it is just that Corona cannot be controlled. But you, you know see? what? You know you keep there saying is- that. You, this is one of the biggest lessons of this moment: is they are not willing to let Corona set the terms of the equation. That okay. is that is the big clearly moment. no one is no one. And is. I think part of the problem is is if you haven't been touched personally, I don't think you think it's that bad. Do you? Th- you know what? Not really. I mean, I have not been touched. I do. Personally. I think it's bad. I You're smart. You're smart. Everybody's not smart, Andrew. To me. I, wait, I have. Wait. Seen. Let me ask you, Janina. Mm. Do you really think that the only way people are going to wrap their minds around this is if they had to sacrifice grandma, grandma? Pat? Yeah. Yeah, or know someone to tell them how bad the struggle really was. I think that plays a huge factor in it. Huge. Grandma Pat dying isn't so much so the issue. It's when if Corona decides to take a turn 
and snatch, snatching your firstborn sons and your daughter, because it's killing men, whatever the case may be. If if Corona starts mutating, so far it hasn't been right. And the other the mutation has part been of gentle. the situation, yeah. the mutation has been gentle. But yeah. again, they're quickly seeing things that they were seeing in the beginning of, of March. <laughs> they won't the see. It's not the same. They're seeing by the end of April, right? Uh, no, it's true. We're seeing. Yeah, let's let's move on. So, so I think, but so I, I will say that point. one of these things is that we can't meet. We, we, we can't. What I think might be different here is that we can't really what? mourn the losses that we're having. So that what? might change something. That might. Where were my shoes at? But I hear your point, Andre, that capitalism will want what capitalism wants, and it would force and find a way. People bodies be down, profits over people. I get that. I completely get that. Yeah, I, I mean, think. I was just, I was curious. I mean, I think what I wanted to. The conclusion, I, I think your your points are completely valid. I think what I think is interesting is how the the um the parameters keep shifting a little bit. So you've got Patrick Moritago who's trying to do this his own campaign, his own international thing, and then there's this model of people saying, well, let's just stick to local tenants outings that will allow tennis players to perform their tennis um and that's like emerging as one of the things that people want to do uh so that you're just going to have national events right events in spain only events wherever but i think the tricky thing muddy go on we are your family which one I've muted. So, um, so I think the thing, the thing about that that's that's tricky is if you are, you know, it's really weird because I think tennis is is falling for the same thing that every other industry is kind of falling for, which is they're trying to figure out how their industry can survive, right? Like mm-hmm. they're like, well, how can the restaurant do this, or what can do? And I just think it's like one of those moments where you might have to ask yourself fundamentally, is what you offer essential? <laughs> and if it is an essential, you're probably going to have to put it to the side. Um, I'm going to say that um, not to really belabor this point, it's rather interesting that I am looking up, I'm actually reading and researching on capitalism and slavery mm-hmm. in the British Empire. And it's funny that if you look at how the economy, the British economy was working with central around slave labor in the Caribbean, sugarcane, and then mechanization started to happen and it started to happen slowly. And, you know, the people in the Caribbean, the planters, I mean, specific, the planters, not the actual laborers, <laughs> the African slaves, um, they, the planters were like, hmm, we still got protection, we still got the system protects us. But very slowly, as they were pushing to end slavery in the Caribbean, and they ended that in 1834, as I think, they then was happy to have American continue with slavery so that they can get the cotton, so that they can get their mechanization work in Industrial Revolution, right? Uh-huh. And that was a thing. And basically, um, the way in which they learned to, to, to why child labor became a thing in United Kingdom, um, Oliver Twist, et cetera, it's because of slavery... Um, in the Caribbean, they basically took some of those codes, some of those those um, how you treat and break a slave in feeding them and gruel, etc., and sort of applied it to children. But then you know, you know how would that soon soon end out? You know, 
it's not the same thing as being a slave. So I say all this to say that, you know, the system totally changed out from underneath the British planters, right? Well, they weren't even British, the West Indian planters, they were called, because they weren't considered to be British after a while. The West Indian planters, the system changed so quickly underneath their feet to the point where they, they basically was dead weight. No one wanted to lend them, a, lend them any money. So this interesting thing about capitalism is capitalism will move on and it doesn't, doesn't care about people and, and would continue. And I completely get all of that. But I do think that this is a sort of a thing. It is unlike anything we have seen because this can sweep across. You know, I mean, Spanish flu was relatively contained somewhat. Yeah. And we knew how to deal with Spanish flu, right? And it, to a certain extent. Well, we, we can't just... really make any prediction here. But you I know... want to, one more thing I just want to say in terms of like if tennis will continue. I am very curious at how it would play out in America in the, with the professional league when most of the athletes involved are black and brown bodies and how corona has been devastating black and brown bodies. Oh, honey, we're not right. even going to get in there. I mean, the, the good thing, so this, is one, those, this is one of those that moments. Play if that well, does this, play I know. Well, this is one of those moments where the good news of tennis being a fairly white sport will probably um, will probably have different um, different optics play out there, right? And yeah. let me just say, black and brown players, this is your moment. This is your Colin Kaepernick moment. Just say, <laughs> this is it. Right? Take a damn beat. And I want to tell everybody, don't drink the fucking bleach. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, um, so there. besides the logistics of actually having tournaments and all of these things, which clearly we are, I think, I think we are just going to say, that real tennis podcast just doesn't believe that any tournament should happen until we get to a viable space. Um, and with this virus, for everyone, not viable for rich people, viable I mean, for everyone. For everyone. Well, we'll see how <laughs> that. Goes. But um, but the other controversial moment this week, where um um or the past couple weeks was um, you know, there were some delightful delightful conversations happening all over Twitter by tennis players who were coming along just to lighten everyone's, you know, lighten everyone's day, brighten it up, say some jokes. Federer went up there and was like, here's a volley challenge. Venus has this exercise thing where she's just living her true self by going up there and letting you know how to work out using um, household objects. Um, she's she's getting, dragging the WTA bitches and being like, girl, I'm fit and I'm full. Exactly. <laughs> using Grigor's using abs to draw some audience. Um, I mean, all good things. And, you know. While Martin Hingis is like, who is this bitch? This bitch never smiled at me. Why got him? Jennifer Capri and Lindsay are like, I know. I know. And she's then, been abducted by aliens. And, I mean, I think. We, I think no one actually broke Instagram, but I think we might have had like one of the highest, no, highest rated Instagram, probably camera watching of tennis people when Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer decided to have a conversation um, in public, apparently on a phone on Instagram, just to let you know, I guess that's how that works now. We're all having conversations and taping it out loud. That was really cool. But then of course I felt like Novak Djokovic was, you know, not getting all the love, I guess. Didn't see, Again. didn't see himself there. Didn't see himself there and decided, well, why not? I'm going to call Stanley. Why don't Stanley. I just have a, no, why don't I just have a conversation with my Serbian brotherhood? <sighs> and the next thing you know, 
Novak Djokovic emerges as Novak Djokovic. Novak, the anti-vaxxer. Djokovic. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, listen, this is a, this is a crazy moment. So when I saw that trending, I was like, well, let me, I'm not going to trust whatever's going on. It's a weird misinformation moment for everybody. Um, disinformation, misinformation. So I thought, well, let me just go and read myself. Mm-hmm. How'd that work out? <laughs> so, you know, the first time I read his initial statement or a, a translation of the interaction, I thought to myself, well, there's some ro- there's some room there for Djokovic to be talking about how quickly a virus, um, a vaccine might come out, right? And um, can that be trusted? Um, I was ready to sort of stay there with it, right? Because we've already seen you some of the... Work. You know, but you do you see you know what I mean? Because we've seen some of the tests that have not been that have not been effective tests, right? So I was like, okay, maybe running quickly and sloppily to try to like, you know, seize the moment is probably not wise. So if he's reticent about trying a brand new vaccine, I'd get that. But then you took a little bit of a deeper dive and guess what? <laughs> that ain't why he's saying. What did he say, Reels? Tell me, please. Because I was like, like stopped. First of all, I mean, like, I'm going to paraphrase here because, <laughs> listen to me. I can't begin to tell you. I mean, I don't know if you have time to even do this. I helped an old lady today. Um, she was stuck in her wheelchair and I pushed her all the way home. And she did had you like, have gloves a on? She, no, I had, I had to wash completely. I had a mask on. But no gloves. She had the gloves on, mind you, though. Anyway. I had to help. I had to be a good Samaritan. And then she started talking about the coronavirus and 5G. Oh. And I was like, you know <laughs> Wait, what? what? Oh, what? no, and no. It, it's not even a real virus. And she isn't insane. She isn't mentally ill or anything. It just was a lucid, you know, health woman just disabled. And I mean, I learned a lot of things about being disabled in this community. It is shit to be disabled. My my God, I, I can't even begin to tell you how devastating it was for that woman to be stopped, basically in the sidewalk in the side of an empty street, really, well, quiet street. And literally three men were looking at her, asking for help, and they didn't even turn around and look at her. They continued doing their job. They were working in construction. Now, maybe I wanted to be a mean bitch and call Maybe they heard that she was trying to attack 5G towers. No, she wasn't. But anyway, I mean, first of all, I did not know that, you know, Yelena was a 5 g I mean, I can't even get to that fuckery right now. But Novak is basically saying that he doesn't really believe in vaccine and he wasn't. And he, in fact, his take against the COVID-19 um, vaccine, possible vaccine, wasn't even being reticent about the efficacy of the proposed vaccine. He just doesn't like any vaccine, whether for MMR or for, whether for tetanus. He's not down for any vaccine. I am like, and then he basically talking about juicing and natural. I'm just like, motherfucker, we're not going to fix COVID-19 with a lemon, okay? It's not going to be fixed with a spinach shake, okay? Are you sure? Because I saw someone tell me on my timeline that the only thing that will get in the way of this is, um, through the vaccine, onions. Stop. Look. Some, listen. Look. See, you see, see? this is, this is, this is why understand. people are showing up to the hospital um, sick because they've ingested bleach. When you have a platform to speak, you need to say things that aren't harmful to other people. 
You know, I was really, I was really struggling with it. You know, listen, I'm, you know, I tell you, I, I told you once I was at dinner with an anti-vaxxer and I have never been so enraged in my life. I, I literally saw red and I was the most dismissive and cruel person in that interaction. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if I forgave myself yet. Well, I think I'm okay with it, but. I was I I felt badly because usually in an interaction I really want people to leave feeling like they were heard but I just wanted to shut that down so because I just think it's so harmful you know and but at the same time you know like I feel like I am the question the thing for me is we're not change your kids mind right so if that's not the case, then what do I want? What resolution do I want? If I, I don't, if I, I I'm not even that interested in changing his mind. I don't really care mm-hmm. about that. Then what's the solution for somebody like a Joker? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, and, and let me be clear for people who are going to get in, the Novak lovers and whatever the case may be. Let me be clear. It wasn't American and British people who denounced Novak Djokovic. The Spanish, sorry, the Serbian Minister of Health denounced Novak fuckery. It's not okay. Here is the thing. How many people, and this is the thing, you would think if the Novak, as they were saying, vaccination led to like, I don't know, you turn it into a tree or like something insane. It is autism. Okay. That is the worst case scenario that they're talking about. This thing has no basis in science. The only study that proposed to make this assertion was denounced, rejected, and the man who created the study lost his medical license and has been spending his time trying to say, I have been wrong. I was wrong. But studies happen to try to even prove his assertion, and they've all come to no conclusion. Vaccines do not cause autism. Here is the situation. How many people with autism do you know in your regular life? How many people? None. Probably none, probably two at best. But your ass was vaccinated. Listen to me. It's not autism you have. You're just a dumb motherfucker. You're just stupid. And most of the anti-vaxxers who are talking about anti-vaccination have been vaccinated. And I swear, and if there were any justice in the world, that batch of vaccine would have been the one to give them autism. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. And there is no foundation in science. And that's why you can't even change people like Novak's mind. There is no evidence to support why he even have this idea but it's an idea that somehow i i don't know like some conspiracy theories sort of like <laughs> develop in people's mind because it's something that because of the fact that it is widespread you know what i mean it's almost like saying you know like the water turns you crazy because look everybody has to drink water you understand what i'm saying it's like one of those things like since, since something is prescribed to everyone they, that's something that seems to latch on onto something, and, and I don't even know how these conspiracy theories. Well, you know, but yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky because I, you know, I've been, because the, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do. I mean, obviously, I think it's not one of those situations where it's just your opinion, right? Because you're in a position of power and influence. But. Like anyone who, if he really believes it, then he feels like an ethical and moral responsibility to save those things out loud. Then you better have some science to back that shit up. But we know that Novak doesn't believe in science because, you know, he plays tennis with telekinesis. You know what's funny? So I saw Novak, there's a clip on uh, on Novak and Federer when they first played each other at Monte Carlo. 
I want to say 2005, 2006, probably 2006, I think it was. Novak was a, a 18-year-old qualifier, and he took the second set in whatever the case to be. Novak looked bigger and healthier um, then than he did recently, <coughs> right? So I don't know, which is, he was 18, and men don't put on their muscle mass on, mass until they're like in their 20s. But yet at 18, he looked far more solid and sturdy and muscular than he was a couple of 18 months ago with this juice diet and love bullshit. Now, here is the thing I don't understand. Novak isn't drinking, isn't drinking a Nutramin when he got a fucking broken leg, okay? When he required ankle surgery or elbow surgery, whatever the shit it is. Elbow. He was taking el- uh, elbow. He took medication. Now, here's the problem with Novak and the other thing is that when people keep when, when people keep giving voice to this kind of anti-vaxxers, it is causing devastation in massive communities. One of the reasons possible that why um, this is devastating in upstate New York in Westchester County, um, is it Westchester County, uh, um, Rockland area where it is a virtual hotspot in that area for corona COVID-19, is because most of those people were not vaccinated because of the well, anti-vaccine vac- cluster. And this is devastating countries all over the place. And it's hard to, and it's, if it's so hard to get them to fund the mental medicine, like, you know, the simple, like, MMR or whatever, which, which, have, which literally wiped out a lot of people. Do you know anyone with polio? I mean, honestly, do you know anyone with polio? I know one person, and you know what? It's one of the he's well, he's dead now, but he was older, and um, the vaccine was invented like the year after or something. You know, you don't, and it's ugly. I my teach my first grade teacher had polio. It's yeah. ugly, but they're older, and ask someone with polio if you can find someone. Would they not give this vaccine to their children and risk that they lived the life that they did? I bet you they're going to say, no, I'm going to give them the vaccine. I don't want them to have this life. This is, but it's, it is because you know how difficult it is to dissuade people from this bullshit idea? You no, can't I mean, even bring it, it real is, science. You, you can't even bring no, real science. No, it's not really. But I think, and this is what <laughs> this is what, and this is one of the things that makes me makes it really challenging for me because I, you know, my sister was just having a conversation with someone who had some strange ideas, and I, I, you know, and it, it sometimes it sometimes floats in different conversations, and I say, you know what, I've started realizing is that you have to ask the purpose of why that belief is there in order for you to even get at what's happening for the person. Cause you're trying to get, you're trying to come at this person with science, but the, their belief is not built around science. It's built around so many other commingling of ideas that it's like, it's like a certain anxiety. It's a certain distrust and all of those things make sense. Right. It really does because there've been elements and there've been mo- there've been moments where people have been exploited and there are reasons for them to have the distrust of systems or all of those kinds of things. So you have to kind of unpack it. I think the idea is that you're going to like change this person's mind with like a logical argument. I don't, think, I don't think you do because I think it's an emotional reaction. It's actually like <laughs> something that's in, I don't, I don't, I think it's sensory. Even I don't even know if it's like, I don't think the brain is at, at play there at all. I mean, Oh, that's, you know, a very coded way of saying stupid. No, no. I just mean, it's a, <laughs> I, don't stupid. I really mean like anxiety. Like, I, I think it's, you know, like, I mean, you know, I think some, you know, I think a lot of ideas float around, like, for example, in the black community, a lot of ideas float around because we have a history of exploitation. The medical industry has exploited black bodies and our 
for quite some time. We can talk about studies and we can talk about things that have happened. That's fair. You know what I mean? So there's like a natural like reticence to kind of trust the sort of savior mentality of medicine, right? So when so it's, so I feel like you can't push back on it with facts. Like you have to kind of unpack what people's anxieties are and come at them in a very different way. Then then you know, it's gonna you know? be so hard because no no like isn't educated and it's very difficult to, to get at rich anti vaxxers yes. because they're so successful in their life that they that they, they believe that yeah. they know how to approach any and everything. Exactly every situation. And, you know, at this point, I am sitting here thinking, would I much rather have dinner with an anti-vaxxer than a world is flat person, <laughs> a flat earther? Oh, I, man. I mean, I mean, you know, I I'm, I'm picking stop. the flat earther. Me You're too. Because every day. I might have to pick the flat earther. Because I mean, you on know some what? level, there's a, there's a sort of like, there's a, there's a sort of like easy understanding of the flat earther. Can't well, you? Well, you can solve that problem quite easily. Put them in a bucket <laughs> and push them out. I catch you when you fall over the earth. But, Get on a boat, bitch. <laughs> you can solve that quite easily, right? You know what I I will say that there is one thing I completely agree with. While I have a lot of like mixed emotions about completely um, chastising Novak Djokovic for his ideas, because I think they're a lot of people with those ideas. And I dare say, I think if you tested or even ran like a survey across the entire um, ATP and WTA, I think you'd find some really mixed ideas up in there. Um, I I like how you're saying mixed, but okay. (laughs) I mean, I think you'd find a real mixed bag. But Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I... You would find a mixed bag in the medicine cabinet, but trust me. But I do... Stand by the idea that if he's going to espouse those ideas, I probably don't. I don't think he should, he should be the head, the head of the ATP Council. I think those are pretty risky yeah. ideas to to have somebody in a leadership position, because then I don't want him to have the weight of that leadership behind his words. I want his words to just be his own, not the organization's. But here's this thing: so someone came out to defend him and being like. Novak might not be a medical doctor, but he's a doctor of heroism and, and uh-uh. honor. No, stop. Stop it right they now. Don't talk on that shit. No, he's that. talking about heroism. Yes, someone did. Some guy that he, some whatever. It's like, okay, then let him speak on that shit. Was it the don't guru? let him speak on fucking medicine. No, it was like some coach he had some relationship with. You know, the headline was sort of sensational. Did you know what? But he, he wasn't defending. He was. He was that's defending, so, but the, the problem so is that Novak true. is a massive deal in Serbia. He's a massive deal in Serbia. Listen, he's a massive deal all over the world. I mean, Bro, very, I don't know about very, all over the world, but okay. The world, but I think in Serbia it's a big deal. <laughs> oh my god. No, and, and I wouldn't even say Serbia because he couldn't even hold on a tennis match today. Well, I would like to tell Novak to take all the seats. I would be curious to know if his child has been vaccinated, given, you know, uh, the world travel that they do as a family. I would love to know if he's vaccinated his child. Did he pick and choose which ones? You know, do his children only have certain ones? Or, you know, I I don't know. I would would love to have that conversation with him. He cannot come to the United States without, he cannot get a visa without proving his immunization history. History. Right, right. I don't know what the fuck he's talking. He cannot come here without his immunization history be well documented. So if he has never been I mean, vaccinated, or he's not taking his exceptions booster well, shot on whatever. Though? 
Aren't there exceptions well, for wealthy people all the time? Okay. Well, here's the problem. I don't know. Any one of you here with an autoimmune disease um, syndrome and can't get certain vaccination or whatever the case may be. I'm going to reach out to someone and ask carrier. how that works. I mean, we, we know some people. Let's let's reach out to some players. Let's ask them specifically, are you allowed to travel from country from uh, country to country with without being vaccinated? Do you have to show your immunization history in order to enter certain spaces. We're going to ask that question. We will get that answer for you. Well, and also because I think, and I mean, that's the other side of the equation for Djokovic is that that's, is that really is what he was expressing. Like he was, grab expressing, me a water. he was expressing his own sentiment, but at the same time, he was also expressing the fact that he didn't want it to be obligatory, like a requirement. Um, yeah. And, and like it's that's, funny that's because, question. and I, I don't, let me not have a little this point because I think, I think it, it came about in response to Amelie Moresmo, you know, mm-hmm. a true feminist who is a woman, because apparently that doesn't seem to be required, okay? Um, she made the point that the tool cannot go back to where it was because we have people moving from all corners of the earth, all over the earth, coming and going to different parts of the earth and logistics of that and keeping people safe in that environment, it's very difficult. So she said, you know, she cannot imagine the tool coming back into full swing without a vaccine in play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way that question came in, specifically when he added the COVID-19 vaccine. He doesn't want it to be obligatory. He, doesn't, oh. he didn't want it to be that situation because she uh, made that reference. You know, well, I mean, it's a very valid point she made. Like, that's one of those things that you probably didn't really think about, the movement of people. Um, You thought about it in terms of flights and all of those kinds of things and the, the, the way that um the disease works. But in terms of having, like, medical proof, that you are safe to travel. That's a huge part yeah. of this tour. Well, I think that's part of the conversation now I'm hearing on the news, right? That you yep. must have a COVID-19 passport or something like that. And again, we're not even sure how these things can work because as you pointed out, have, having had had COVID-19 on the antibodies doesn't mean that you are yeah, you're to safe disease. to travel or do you anything. You are safe to do anything. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to figure out and work, work out. So, you know, let's pull those resources to figuring out the hard question instead of saying, oh, let's go hit a ball across the net. Let's just carve out a, a situation for bunks a ball or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But, and the other thing, we can't even train, but you know, you do you. Do you. Um, we, uh, some other, you know, and Novak, you know, not wanted to be, you know, the only style here. He decided to send a little tweet to his friend Dominic team and say, hey, Dominic, why don't you go out there and say something real shitty so that people will focus on me for a minute? You know what I mean? Seeing as you as world number four and, you know, you got, you know, you get shunted to interview room two. You know, how about you go out there and have a little word with the people? And this motherfucker basically go out there and say, well, first of all, he went out there and said, you know, he does't want to give any money. And while I say this, I have well, to say that I read... Give, you have to give the context of what money and where. What is this about? Right. Because Novak put out some bullshit. I mean, as if, you know, the anti-vaxxer thing was problematic. But to me, what I got... Re- and I'm really incensed. But why do you even just put that, that man down to even less than nothing to me? Because I don't... Honestly, I'm going to regret saying this. I'd much rather hang with Nadal for a little bit. Just a little bit. Then hang with Benole because Nole is being crazy. He put out some proposal that he said he was in agreement with the other players. Federer, if you agree to this shit, fuck you. 
about the top players putting thirty thousand dollars, putting in some pool to help the players. I think it's in from um, two fifty onwards, below to seven hundred. I think it is. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's, it's supposed rank- to be. It's for people that are ranked above two fifty. I think it was. Right. Um, no, below two fifty in tennis. Well, yeah, but you know the the numbers going right out, yeah. from two fifty one when it came to me, yeah, and um, he thirty thousand dollars for the top five players, and then. And I think is the other the five four to ten, right? All the way down and, to five thousand at different levels. Um, different levels, and whatever the case may be. And, and I think there's a matching fund from the ATP, I think, or the ITF yes. is one of Orlando. Fine, because he said there is a guaranteed money if this were to come up in whatever the case. Now, first of all, Nole Federer, um, who's number four, Dominic, thirty thousand dollars. $30,000 is not even your first round money at a Grand Slam. If you're okay, really, I mean, you know, I do not believe in charity, right? I don't believe charity is a public policy. Philanthropy is not a public policy. People need to be taxed appropriately and accordingly in order to fix this. We need a global taxation change. That's we can't be hiding money in other places so that we can skate off paying taxes. I'm, I'm a son, shouldn't be out here paying no taxes and me out here paying my more than my fair sharing taxes. With that being said, I can we know that there are logistical problems, that that problem isn't going to be solved tomorrow, right? And this is, tennis is a global sport, a global family. So you're subject to all different kind of like, this isn't like an American cooperation, an American um, organization, right? This is a global organization with people from all over the world, subject to many different rules and regulations. You know, it's a logistical nightmare in terms of carving out a policy to see which country they're having, et cetera. Not only that, I mean, we know the tough, the, it's even difficult for players ranked 50 to 100. It's difficult. I mean, like, the money that Nadal and Federer and Novak command, it, they're not getting that money from playing tennis. Tennis prize money, when you look at the amount of money Federer has, he made just a chunk of change in actually tennis prize winning money. So there isn't a lot of money out there in playing tennis. You're hoping to make the big leagues and be a regular at the Grand Slams and collecting some money and perhaps get a little local endorsement. There are players out there who are literally starving. We saw that behind the racket. We know Sasha Vickery and we know her name. And she was out there saying, you know, I was literally hungry at a tennis event. Okay? I couldn't think, I wasn't even know how to figure out the next meal. And to think that you were the top four player. To help out your fellow players, you're going to put up $30,000? That's some fuckery. That's the first bit. And then, for Mr. Dominic team now with his crabby eyes, homeboy saying some shit like, I don't think I should be giving these people any fucking money. He says, they're not going to starve. They need to work hard. I work hard for my money, and therefore, you know, they shouldn't be saying. Um, Dominic, you know where you made your name? In South America. And you know where a lot of these up-and-coming players come from? South and Central America, the same set of places you're coming from. A lot of all over Europe, tennis is a journeyman sport. And to me, you can't reach in your pocket and pull out at least an easy $100,000. And that's not even going to even do anything to help a lot of players. The kind of resources we know that even for regular people who have regular jobs in, in countries, that the kind of sustainability and, uh, and funds that are needed isn't going to be a one-time check. You understand what I'm saying? They have real bills and responsibilities to deal with. And they were hoping for a lot of these tennis tournaments to help them out. And it's not happening. 
I think the, the big problem with what Dominic said is how he said it. I don't think that, I don't think it's necessarily bad that he's saying, I don't think the money needs to come out of my pocket. But to say, to be nasty about it and to say that people don't need help, they'll be all right, they're not going to starve. You know, times, tough times show people's true colors. When people show you who they are, listen and believe them. Thank you, Maya Angelou. Um, you know, I would like to think that he cares. I don't know that he does after some of the comments that he made, but at least be willing to say, let's let's try to come up with a solution. Let's advocate for each other. You know, let's do something. But to be so nasty about it and, and just say, I don't think they're going to starve or they won't starve. Like, come on, dude. Really? You didn't start out with money. Like Reels is saying, you, you came from somewhere. And you know what it's like. To be on the bottom, nobody busted uh, in. I don't think. Just, think it, no, no. I, 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 let me clarify. I don't think. I think he came from money. He came from privilege. I meant that many, no, many places it, where he made his name. He sure, made his name around I mean, the environment. Even if he came from a place up. from privilege, he didn't step on tour into the top. He had to start somewhere and work his way up. Every single player did. Nobody gets grandfathered in to the top. That doesn't happen. You have to start at the bottom. So you know what that financial situation is like. Even if you came from a place of privilege and you didn't starve because you had a family that could support you financially and take care of you, you still know the money that certain levels of the tour brings. So let's not, you know, come on, Dominic, let's not be ignorant of that. Don't be a dick. You're being a dick. Get back to inner room, interview room four, where nobody wants to listen if that's the kind of shit you're going to talk. I know, well, I mean, I I know think, what Andrea is going to tell us. I know what Andrea is going to tell us. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, I think it was really useful. It's so funny because we've been saying, people have been saying, you know, some of the younger kids need to step up into a leadership role. But the more they talk, you realize they're not ready for mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? They're not ready for no the opportunity no to... education. Yeah, no and just one sort does of like, the required reading. Yeah, like the capacity to put yourself in someone else's position. Turn. I mean, the idea that you can put yourself in another person's position and and understand where you are in contrast to where they might be. I mean, there were so many assumptions that he made in his comments because yeah. first of all, he was first of all the assumption is that if you are at they a they don't work point, hard. Yeah, like I mean, which high. is like you know, it's so strange to me because you can make that claim for, oh for at any ranking level, right? You can say that at Even any ranking. Even his ass. Even his ass. I, I mean, like what? No, I mean, but it's just like, but it really because it's it's very much like blaming the poor for their circumstances. It's like you need the poor, <laughs> you need the lower ranked players so that you can beat them, so you can move through. But you're not willing to understand that that rank doesn't necessarily mean that their character or who they are as people is fundamentally different than you. And it was very much. But, you know, I could tell that because that was also part of that's part of what I didn't like about Dominique's comments at the French was that he was making assumptions about what a champion is and a champion wasn't. And he, you could tell what you could tell where he was going with that. And then the, so this comment, this whole phrasing about people at the lower level it was just filled with so many biases and it's like and so many presumptions about their quality and who they were as people and i just 
I mean, like he really believes that his effort level equates to him being a good person, um, which I just thought was such a strange set of like ideas to pull together. Not so strange, because obviously this is why we see people struggling right now. But it also tells me why I think there hasn't been that much appetite to fix the inequalities on the tour. I think people really believe lower ranked players deserve what they get because they are lower ranked, that there's some inherent lower rankness about them. Like their station is like an, like, I don't know, like an assumption of, their, of like. There can only be one number one. And if there yeah. can only be one number one, there can only be one person occupying the ranks of a hundred. And we understand that there are certain places and privileges and certain things happen when you hit a certain rank. And that isn't open for every and anyone. And I'm not even talking about, I'm not even getting, but that is true. I, I do agree with your saying. But what really, you're right that he was displaying this kind of behavior at the French Open because the way he was talking about yep. Serena, it was, was like, you know, it was it her was, nature. It was like, it's yep. just like, what is, and even the people were like, well, bitch, this is not what happened. Yep. He didn't even take back any of that situation no. at all. Like, well, he didn't, even he in the moment, it, he, it was who he even was. In the, exactly. Even in the moment, people were just like, she didn't say any of this. She literally was trying to, you know, and then he was just like, oh, let's play a game together. It's just like, fuck you. You see, this is why I can't be on tour, you know. This is why I can't be on tour. Because I ain't I mean, playing this kind of bullshit. But yeah. I mean, bubble so... on the side and all the things people like about him. That's why it's always better for them to just play and not speak. I mean, this is how much I dislike Dominic team really at this moment. That I'm happy Nadal won a 20 billion French Open over his ass. I mean, do you know how petty I have to be in order to beat Nadal two French Open wins? Do you know how petty I have to be? I thought about the I thought about the Australian Open. I was like, you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that final result then. Listen to me. Listen to me. Like, you know I would be rooting good. for a ham sandwich in the French Open final to beat Nadal. A ham sandwich. I mean, I just because you know what? I'm surprised. I it just it's just it it was it was disheartening, but I think it was so lovely too, because it was the full articulation yep. of like the idea that people have culturally anyway, that poor people deserve what they have. Poor people with his whole lower chest. rank players. I mean, went in with it. Tell you, tell you about yourself. <laughs> And it was just like, there is no way this situation isn't coming up. Which means, forget about the tennis players. This is how he feels about Austrians who are struggling right now in the shutdown. Do you know what I love? People are like, oh no, he's telling us that the people who deserve help are nurses. And I was like, honey, he's, no, making, he's, a claim. No, he's making a claim about people who hit a ball. So at the yep. end of the day, I need him to take all his winnings and give it to people who deserve it. Because at the end of the day, in his calculus, he doesn't deserve this money either. He's not doing anything noble. He's not doing anything great. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> here's the thing. The work that you want them to do, they can't fucking do it. <laughs> do you not get that? It's not like there is a tennis store available for these <laughs> lower rank players who you say are lazy and have a bad attitude. There is no tennis though for well, anybody. He's got a bad attitude and he's high ranked. So obviously ranking don't oh got anything. Oh my god. Listen to me. ATP, you can't <laughs> let this motherfucker be number one because who? Y- if y'all think Nick was bad, 
But you know what? You know At least we know Nick is generous. But you know the weird thing about it, I mean, and we'll get to Nick's own problems, but the weird thing about this is even as Dominique's team is making that claim, Nick is driving around delivering food to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nick would show up for a kid's game instead of show up for his own tennis tournament. I'm just telling you, that's how committed he is to trying to help people and see the capacity and how privileged they are. And that's one of the things that I know I can tell with a certain ten- type of tennis player. It's how, and it's something I think came up with the Nadal and Federer conversation, though I think Nadal was awkward. It was that they talk about how privileged they are to be sport and for their world to not be so devastatingly affected beyond yep. just that their tennis. That they were able to eat, Federer is in some private chalet in Switzerland. Nadal is, well, he got back injury now. I don't know how, boo, but, you know. <laughs> we don't even have enough time to even deal with the many tennis issues. <laughs> oh, Nadal have a back injury when he's not training and can't show up for, like, Is this like when, this is similar to when they were going to uh, the uh, Saudi Arabia to play that event and then I'll show up in a wheelchair? (laughs) (laughs) So, listen. I mean, we didn't even talk about the most controversial thing aside from no vaccine, no vaccine. Oh, God. What? What now? And then the final, I mean, I think the final sort of bizarre tangential news was um, Federer's tweet, which then launched a bunch of articles and which was apparently, which was always the point. Let me ask a question. Let me ask the question first and foremost before I even have any, you know, even put my mind. Was he being serious? Was this, I assumed I could be wrong on this point, that he was just making the statement on a lack, like, oh yeah, we should all get together and, you know, it should be one tour, et cetera, et cetera. Pointing to that there was a historical, um, well, he has only half of the history book, but, you know, um, uh, um, he probably have an American history textbook, you know, saying that, you know, the tour used to be one thing. There wasn't a WTA and there wasn't an ATP at one point. But was he being, was this a serious statement he was making? Like, I, I think he was making a statement i think the thing i mean if anyone understands federal first and foremost federal doesn't believe in doing business online mm-hmm. so he's not right. like he doesn't litigate online <clears throat> so the fact that he was raising the question i think he just wanted to see what people were going to say okay uh, that's i don't think I he was i don't think people are like oh my god federal made a statement i don't think it was a statement because i think okay. we've all seen how federal operates he used to critique it when he was on the head of the ATP Council, he didn't like it when things were, you know, litigated online. So I wouldn't assume that he was litigating online, which is why I think Serena deleted her tweet after seeing his tweet, right? Like his tweet came out and then she was like, oh, I thought we were talking about this in secret. I thought it wasn't supposed to be announced. I think that was meant, I don't think he was meaning it to get like, I think he was actually trying to figure out where people would land on an issue. And to gen, because he knew that his words were going to generate a bunch of stuff and responses. Sure. So I think that that I think he was just calling for responses. To be honest, um, it's not like he was doing like a you know rosy cheek like I'm going to put out a I'm going to levy an idea out here hoping right. to use it as a negotiating tool. I just that's just now historically how he's operated. Like and even when he was doing his own donation, he went on Twitter, he said he was doing a donation, and then he shared all the information with here goes steps 
one, two, three, done. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's not usually back and forth like that. So that was my sense of it when it was dropped. Okay. I didn't think it was an my opportunity to do that. <laughs> because I didn't even want to get outraged. And then, you know, my yeah, favorite. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't outraged. You know, I just was, like, interesting. I, my favorite um, uninformed uh, player, you know, what's the, 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 the Canadian bacon? The Canadian house? Hospital. Hospital, you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't read a single thing. He barely even read the direction on to bottle of shampoo. But, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, let's get the guy. First of all, Federer didn't even respond, right? Because I'm just like, as you say, Federer don't do online bullshit, okay? Federer needs paper. He needs pen. He needs lawyers. You know what I mean? He ain't doing this shit halfway, okay? <laughs> Federer, I think the quote from the Bible, let my yay be yay and let my nay be nay, okay? I'm not doing any in between, you know? So, I mean, are we trying to offer an opinion of whether we think the toll should be back as one? Uh, um, I mean, what's be... your sense of it? I mean, I thought the, the reaction was, my sense of it right away was, I, I clearly, I thought the tour was thinking about some unification of any, of sorts. I didn't think it was just right. ATP, WTA. I thought it was like a whole thing, a whole moment to bring whatever bodies together one could. Right. So I assume that there was some conversations about it. But I actually have to say, as soon as we I started seeing all the chatter about ATP WTA, I immediately knew that it was going to be disadvantageous for the women. I just knew oh, it. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, I was like, I was like, unless this is done well and very, very carefully with all the terms very well spread spelled out, that is not going to be beneficial to the women to the women to join anything with the dudes. It just is not going to. That was my first sense. So I just all I, just all I want out of this conversation, honestly, I agree with you 100%. Women, do your own thing. Keep on doing you. Because sometimes when you get the better product and these men are struggling, they're going to be trying to jump in your bandwagon, but they don't ever want to come you to come on theirs. And some, so many ATP players show their ass in that regard but on a lighter note ladies all i want y'all to do is just to fix the scoring system let it be wta 250 wta 120 or 80 whatever the thing is let's make that simple because i swear to god not even the women know how many points they're getting from a fucking event they know oh, sure. <laughs> i mean atb got well, premier the name, mandatory, the name, mandatory. The naming the naming is just bad premier yeah, mandatory, just, mandatory i mean yeah. just make whatever <laughs> Yeah, and it's I not mean, a sponsorship issue. It's not a sponsorship issue. No, it's just you a, can it's just, yeah, that's a branding issue. Yeah. So get that, get that really work out together. And any marketing tool y'all have, please put Muguruza and and Heather Watson on it because they can <laughs> dance and they can draw some, and they are uncontroversial at this point. Okay, they are just hey, they're just doing it for the vine, well, for the TikTok. Okay, they're just doing it for the TikTok. <laughs> What about you? I mean, real, but what about you, Janina? As far as what Federer tweeting that? No, not just having oh. the idea. It would never work. I mean, it's it's not going to work. Clearly, there are too many there are too many men who think that the women are not deserving. So how how on earth are you going to bring that together? You're not. So um, I'm fine with it being separate. Um, 
I, I don't I don't know. Like, I mean, I would like to see the women be able to do as well as the men financially, of course. But I don't think that has to mean that the tours combine in order to get them on an equal playing field. The women need to uh, gather up and, you know, advocate for themselves um, and, and get what they want. And they can do it if they if they join forces. Um, but unfortunately, I think each other. But they have. Um, I mean, you don't. Well, but I think unfortunately there might be some women who agree, maybe with the men. Um, no one has. That. Right. So that's a problem. So you really just need to get everybody on the same page, and you know because I mean you've got to be a strong united front. So if you have top players who agree that maybe they don't deserve as much, how are you going to get that work done? So, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it needs to be a combined tour. I don't think that's a solution to any problem, really. Um, in some ways, it creates more problems at, a, at the tournament level just because we know that it, it's a more crowded space, and when you have more players at a tournament, that creates problems for everybody. But we know that there's a hierarchy of people, um, and who's going to get shit on the most? You know, who's going to get the practice court? Who's going to get bumped more often? And, you know, all of those things come into play. So I don't think necessarily that a combined tour is going to be a problem solver. It's not going to be an end-all, be-all. Um, I think the women just need to really focus on themselves and, and keep working on, you know, getting going after what they want. And the people that, that aren't on board with them being equal with the men, tell them to sit down and take a fucking seat. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I mean, I think my question is like, what, I think there's some efficiencies that can be built in the system. And it's clear to me also that somehow or another, the tours need to find an opportunity to negotiate jointly for things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it seems like they need to negotiate jointly for advertising space. Yeah, um, sure. You know, those kinds of things, it feels like you should be able, to, but it feels like you could retain that if there was like a body that brought all of the various ones together. Sure. So like like an ATP, WTA, ITF, some, do you know what I mean? Like if those were all in sync with each well, other. And, and the fact that you even have to name all of those things is a problem. I mean, there are too many governing bodies in tennis. There's not a problem so much. I don't think that it's men and women. I mean, we, we generally, we don't combine those. And I don't think most people would want to combine those. You know, um, if you look at other sports, you know, you've got the WNBA and the NBA. I don't think anybody wants one basketball league. We like to see women play against women, men against men. If we join the tours, what is that really going to do? Because it's not going to change that dynamic. I mean, it's all I think it, it would all be a financial issue. Yeah. Um, and, and there are ways to solve that without putting everybody under the same umbrella. I think so. I mean, I mean, I think because your point to the NBA, the WNBA, I mean, I think the women would like a little bit more of that money and that. Um, sure, and of access. course they would. Yeah. And but I, I don't so, think I just, the answer yeah. to that is making them team up with the men. But, you know, I will say it was it was it was shocking to see how many women were like, yes. And how many men were like, meh. I mean, Maybe. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I, this, the problem that I have with both tours is that 
the lack of proper leadership and whatever the case may be. ATP is under the impression, like you've pointed out online, um, Andre, that they have a really good thing going here. But they ain't got shit if Dominic Team is the person behind Federer and Nadal. And, 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 well, and I mean, fucking Djokovic is your next GOAT, right? Like, you got a shitty product. I mean, I think it's had, important. So, if you look at the women, it, you know, we talk about this with the men. Let young people step up and be leaders. But you don't get to lead if you haven't shown that you're capable of being a leader. You don't just come in and say, I got this. There, You know, in order to be a leader, you should establish yourself and say, well, this is why I can lead you. I've been able to accomplish A, B, C, and D. It's just like any other job application. You're not oh, just going to walk in and say that I got this. And the reason I'm saying that is, you know, the last time the women voted for their council, they got rid of Venus. This woman has done more for you than anybody that you've ever played with, ever. And you've gotten rid of her. But you didn't replace her with somebody that has proven themselves to be able to get shit done. I think that was stupid. Well, it was really interesting because I was looking at I was looking at the player council the player council list, and I was like, hmm, I don't think that that is a list that was which compelling. which council list WTA the WTA yeah, yeah. it's not. Well, you know, I was a little is- bit nervy about it because I was looking. I mean, it's great. You know, everyone has to have their chance to figure out, you know, who, what they can do and all this stuff. But it was like, it's like Sloane Stevens, the top 20 rep, Madison Keys, Donna Vekic, Alexandra Krunik, Gabriela Jabowski, um, and joined by Kanta and um, Pabs. Anastasia Listen, Pabs. Madison doesn't even want to say that she's black. What is she going to do for you? Oh my god! I mean, that's probably a, that's a very effective tool, though. Um, it's a very adaptive tool for you She's to say in that. In the right place. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, my thing is just that I do think that the, the tennis is look tennis. Y'all are in this place where y'all video could be up and a like other people are doing the job that y'all should be doing. People who are not in this tennis organization is putting is giving people out here access to the videos. Right. And you need to fix the problem of being able to see tennis. And I think one of the things I think I don't know if it's federal who said this or someone said they said in this interim while you have this break. Right. Or maybe it might be someone that's talking about something else that this is the moment when you should try to look within itself. I that the, the, the guy from the ATP, you should be looking within yourself to see what the issues that you can be fixing. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, so much things that you are doing wrong. You do not have an amazing product. I do not get to turn on my TV and see tennis whenever I want to. Yeah. And now I see t- tennis channel has a whole tennis um, two channel and a plus, and there's very any any real live matches on it. Anything anybody want to see? Yeah, I got the same old silly commentators there. There's nothing fresh and revived. It sounds dodgy and dusty. I mean, people only there because of the because people only watching tennis. For these stars like Federer, Nadal, and Serena, because they cross the genre, they're far more interested in them just winning, and you know them are uh, them outside of tennis. You know what I mean? They're not interested in tennis. They're interested in their faves only. And maybe you might get that, but y'all are not bringing new people into the stands. Well, actually, no, I don't want anybody coming to stands. Uh, <laughs> the deal was if 
you are not selling a product that is accessible for everyone because not everybody likes Serena. Y'all don't even like Serena. So I don't know how your bank can have to sell the product for you. You know what I mean? Well, I mean you should make your thing more visible. More, that's what I, I would hold that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think that that that's the assumption you. that people have is that those things would be better if unified with the men because um, but I think it's really tricky because I think men are often the default for a lot of these things. They, for everything. You know, they, you know, they set the marketplace value. Even if it's not real, that's when that's one of the moments when you realize that marketplace value is actually like an arbitrary thing. It's decided by people it's decided by the amount anyone wants to spend, right? <laughs> so um so I think the women assume automatically that if they could be joined with the men, they'll get the benefits. But I just think they'll get a ton of the drawbacks, which is I think that, you know, I think we see it when joint events happen. There's just not mm-hmm. a lot of priority for women, even their stars, even women stars. And so I just it just I just had moments of like, mm, I'm not happy by this at yeah. all. <laughs> I, I think part of the women's product that they have is your history of how you became a thing. And I don't think you should be selling that up just to be what does that mean? go back to the if ATP. No, 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 part of the, the, the thing that I've always enjoyed about the WTA is, is how it was created, how it formed. You know yeah. what I mean? That oh, well, history, yeah, that's, that's that part sort of, of the like, story. yeah, yeah that well, history you know, sort of gives is, some credibility. You know it's, you know it's happening because Billie Jean King signed off on it. That was her original vision Ooh. with the Unified Tour. So, um, so it's coming. Anyway. anyway, you know, I feel about that squad, but you know, I, I'm just saying, you know, that I really think the woman tour can exist by itself. Um, and I really think that they, what they need to do is better leadership. Whether y'all and if y'all are gonna form, y'all better make sure that you know you have a you don't get shit on a deal because you know they they don't quick to turn around and shit on you. You know what I mean? Well, and I mean slots coach. You know what? Coaching slots, slots for people who are going to be um for women in your staff. All of those. You know, I mean, I know people hate quotas, but if I if, if I'm ever joining with a men's group, I'm setting quotas. OK, yeah, <laughs> because the default is always going to be the male. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I know this guy who does it. Jimmy does it. Oh, yep. how, you know, it's just that's just the nature of that beast. So. And quota <laughs> you need quota assignments to be fair. That needs to be a thing. So, you know, because oof, I don't want to read another hot take about the women's matches on code 12. Yes, and you I only do. have 11 courts. The <laughs> women's matches are being played in country club across the way, okay? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I'm I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I'm eager to see what comes of all of the discussion. I assume that there's some behind the scenes discussion, and Federer has flushed out a lot of um, ideas and opinions from people, some of them unwanted. Nick, I think you should sit down and yes. ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Keep, Nick didn't want it. And keep giving the food, Nicholas. Keep giving the food. But Nick. you know what? Keep, I was just is, thinking you about You don't need it. this fight. You don't need this fight, Nick. But you know what? I can't be mad at Nick for saying no. When I'm saying no to <laughs> <laughs> You can be mad in how he's saying the no though. I you can't be mad at that. <laughs> Don't be the Dominic, Nick. Anyway, folks, you know, yes, Nick, please, in this COVID nineteen break, please. Don't catch any fires, and okay? Finally, Don't start any fires, Nick. Let's round it out. And I think I know I heard you say that Rafa's already injured. I'm not watching any of this World Madrid tournament. So um, let me just tell you something. I, me, somebody else said it, and I was doing it. I'm having flashbacks of boys that I liked in college and sitting and watching them play video games. I'm not doing that as an adult. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, my God. This is even more hilarious than I thought it was going to be. He pulled out back and drew for a video game tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think he, 
I think he's being facetious. Because, I mean, it's, it's like God. Felicia Let me tell you something. Love, I can't even say shit about this, you know, the Dallas. This is just one of what we just like, you know, like, just, that statement alone, your statement alone is hilarious. But let me tell you, COVID-19 is exposing everybody. It is exposing, it is showing Wow, it's great. I'm no, just yeah. like, I'm not doing it though. I'm not watching tennis players play an electronic. No, game. it's like I don't. Nope. I can't. Third thing, because I'm just like, how? What's that to say? Your aptitude to playing a video game is like what? It's no, can like, I tell you? I woke up and there was all these people like talking about it, like it was a real tennis tournament. I was like, what the mm-hmm. hell's going on? And they're like, go, they're talking about benches, this and what. I was like, listen, we're not this desperate. We are not going to do this tournament. That is, that is like me thinking Eric LaSalle could be my heart surgeon. Like, the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, because he played a doctor on TV and stayed at a, 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 a what, what's that thing? A Ramada Inn or some shit like that? A Holiday <laughs> Inn? Like, because he plays one on TV? Like, <clears throat> oh. I'm going to give Stephanie in the U.S. credit for this. I think her idea is that the only value to something like this is if you could play against your favorite tennis player. That seems like it's more fun to me True. than you. Yeah, <laughs> take a page on a, a Ocho Cinco's book. You know what I mean? Like that seems fun to me. It's like you get on fun. and you petition to get on and you win maybe and you jump in and you're like you're playing Rafa for ten minutes and playing himself or something, whatever. That seems like a really fun and interactive and engaging thing. Me watching sports athletes play video games feels like not a thing. Yeah, but, yeah. That's that's me watching. Um, what's those people called? Those those um those shutting no those um cell what those what those called um incel let's let me watch an incels procreating I don't know oh no well mm-hmm. listen I don't even want you to mention those words because I don't want anyone to search them and find them on our podcast <laughs> 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 but anyway let's wrap okay. this up this was supposed to be a nice neat tight hour but you know we love to give you more. And so don't forget to comment below and you can find us on all the usual platforms, you know, iTunes. Janina, can you take out Janina? Um, listen, don't drink the bleach. Don't say nasty things. Listen to the Harry Potter podcast. And open your purse. Stop playing. Open your purse. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Don't be stupid. So when is the next Harry Potter podcast? Do you all know? No. Okay. Stop putting us on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like the books aren't out or anything. We have to consult chat. We have to ask Professor Yes, when that's right. Uh, that is correct. Yes. So that's awesome. It's going to be out before the end of the week. I'm almost sure of that. Before Sunday, it's going to be out. <laughs> I so. agree. Fabu, fabu. Yeah. All good. Yes. All good. Take care, y'all. It's been great to talk about tennis nonsense. I love tennis nonsense. Not as much as I like tennis, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check in to see tennis from itself. Just, just, just say, hey, people, we used to have a tennis podcast, but it's no tennis. But we're just doing this to save tennis from itself. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Back to me. Bye.